A man came across my path this past week. He quickly identified himself as a Christian. Then a little bit later, he went on to tell me about the ministry work he does as he goes from town to town. He wanted to start naming the towns, but I stopped him and I said, what kind of minister are you? And he couldn't tell me. I said, how do you know that God has you to be a minister? And he thought about it. And I said, well, how do you know? How do you know? How did God tell you that you are to be a minister? And he stood there quietly and thought, and he couldn't tell me. He's not a minister. He called himself to the ministry. I had a woman one time come to me at church in Dallas. I was already on radio by that time, and she came to me and said something that I found very shocking. She said, I want to do what you do. I said, you do? It never occurred to me that I would be a minister. I had really no desire to be a minister. God told me what to do. I can give you very explicit information concerning what God said. They speak of their own works. But when I speak about these things, I speak of what God said. God said for me to do such and such. And I did it. God told me to start a blog, and I did it. He told me by a dream to start a blog, and we did it. I'm not speaking of what I did. I'm speaking of what God did. He told me to do something. I simply followed instructions. They have nothing that they tell you. I've never seen one yet that told me how God put him into the ministry. I'm sure there are some that could tell you that. I'm simply saying I've never come across one yet. And when they tell me they're a minister, I'm thinking apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher, Ephesians 4, because those are the ministries God gave to the church after he was resurrected, after Jesus was resurrected. He gave gifts to the church He gave some apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. That is in Ephesians 4, chapters 11, I mean, Ephesians 4, verses 11, 12. So when they tell me they're a minister, my thought is, which one are you? My second thought would probably be, how do you know you're a minister? How did God call you? How did he do it? And they can't answer that. I've had so many men contact me from around the world saying they are ministers. And usually they say, I'm building this orphanage. I'm building this old folks home. I'm building this school. I'm going all over the world to preach the gospel. I'm going to give out Bibles to Every person who comes to my meeting, send me your money. Does that sound like God? All of it sounds I, 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 I. I don't hear them telling me one thing that presents evidence to me that God 
has told them to do these works. Not one thing. Let's examine the Bible a minute concerning such things. We'll first start with Matthew 7. I'm sorry, that's uh, let I got the wrong scripture here. Let me find the exact one. Matthew 4. And Jesus, walking by the Sea of Galilee, saw two brethren, Simon called Peter, and Andrew his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishers. And Jesus saith unto them, Follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. And they straightway left their nets and followed him. If you were able to speak today to Peter or Andrew and say, How did God call you? They would say, Well, this man came up to us as we were mending our nets and casting our, as we were working as fishermen. And he said, Follow me and I will make you fishers of men. See how they speak, Andrew and Peter speak of. God's works, whereas this man who came to me this past week couldn't tell me how God showed him to be a minister, and he spoke of his works. I went from this city to this city to this city. Oh, he wanted so badly to tell me of his works, but I stopped him. I'm not going to put up with that. And these, minister, these, so to speak, ministers who write to me from all over the world and say they're ministers. And I say, well, how did God reveal himself to you? They can't answer because they're not ministers. God didn't reveal himself to them. Now let's continue in Matthew chapter 4, verse 21. And going on from thence, Jesus saw two other brethren, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in a ship with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets. And he, Jesus, called them. And they immediately left the ship and their father and followed him. So how, if you could speak to them today, James and John, and you said, how did God reveal to you that you are a minister. What would they say to you? I was mending my nets, and here came this man, and he said, follow me. And it was God, and we got up and followed him. See, they don't speak of how they were called by God. They just tell you that they are called by God to do this, and then they begin telling you their works. And when they tell you their works... They don't even tell you how God authored the work. Let's consider Paul. I'm go there are two sections where he tells about this experience. I'm going to go to Acts 26, where he is speaking to King Agrippa. Because in this section of scripture, he tells more about the calling than he tells in Acts 9. So Acts 26, Paul says to King Agrippa, I verily thought with myself that I ought to do many things 
contrary to the name of Jesus of Nazareth, which thing I also did in Jerusalem and many parts, and many of the saints did I shut up in prison, having received authority from the chief priest, and when they were put to death, I gave my voice against them. Verse 11, And I punished them often in every synagogue, and compelled them to blaspheme, and being exceedingly mad against them, I persecuted them even unto strange cities. Verse 12, Whereupon, as I went to Damascus, with authority and commission from the chief priest, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. But rise and stand upon thy feet, said Jesus, for I have appeared unto thee for this purpose to make thee a minister and a witness both of these things which thou hast seen and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles unto whom I now send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Paul says, Wherefore, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Now that's pretty explicit, isn't it? So if you said to the Apostle Paul, Well, how do you know you're supposed to be an apostle? How do you know God wants you in the ministry? Do you think Paul could have answered it? Well, of course he could, and did. The story of the painter Vincent van Gogh is that he wanted to be a minister. He went to a seminary to become a minister. He was so bad at this that even they didn't want him. But they finally let him go to a coal mining village where nobody else wanted to go. And he was a dismal failure there, too. He finally left the ministry, so to speak, and went out and painted pictures. Vincent van Gogh. I've heard many people who have said they wanted to be a minister. Vern Lundquist, the sports announcer, went to be a minister. I don't know his story. I think it was Lutheran, maybe. But I've heard him say that on camera. But he became a very famous sports announcer. He wasn't called to be a minister. To be a minister, you have to have a call of God on your life. It has to be some 
form of identification from God. It can be uh, that you are given certain spiritual gifts which keep surfacing, and by that you might be identified by the church. That certainly happened to me. I was being given many times word of knowledge and word of wisdom by God, and when I presented those to to the church, uh, they all knew, at least most of my guests knew, that I had a call of God on my life. One woman, oh, I was frequently hearing this. I heard this over and over. They would come to me and say, we know the hand of God is on you. I really wasn't quite sure what that meant at the time as a new Christian. But I heard that everywhere I went. God revealed me by the gifts of the Holy Spirit, which he had given me which I had no way of knowing that these things were happening except that God told me. And I, when I told this to the individuals, they recognized the hand of God was on me. But I had more evidence than that. I was taken into heaven twice shortly after I was born again in 1975. I was transported into heaven as I was asleep, whether in the body or out of the body, I don't know, but I was taken into heaven. I was with God, with Christ, with the Holy Spirit. And at that time, I was merged into the body of Jesus, made one with the Word of God, God and the Holy Spirit witnessing. A few nights later, the exact same thing happened to me again. After this, I was on fire for things of God. At the time, I owned a small business in Dallas, Texas, but I didn't care anything about my business anymore after I was taken into heaven twice. All I cared about was Bible. I went to church. I went to a prayer group. I studied the Bible. I had three women who worked for me at my business. They could run the shop. All I had to do was do the buying out on the reservations and I had to um, do the appraisals. But they did all the selling. I didn't even have to do that. So I could stay home all day long and read the Bible. And that's what I did for five years. In the night on January 10th, 1980, I was asleep when a very loud trumpet-like voice sounded three words into my ear. Hartford, Seattle, KWJS. I jumped out of bed and grabbed a notepad from my table, wrote down KWJS. I didn't want to get those letters mixed up because they sounded to me like call letters to either radio or television. I looked those, that word up and found it to be a radio station. I said to God, Are you telling me to go on radio? And I said, I, I'm a writer, not a speaker. And then I said, I wouldn't know how to do that. Immediately, the Holy Spirit brought the following instruction to my mind. Call the radio station manager. 
That morning, I called the radio station manager. I said to him, God might be showing me to go on radio. How would you do that? The station manager said, make an audition tape 29 and a half minutes long and send it to me. And if you fit our broadcasting, we will offer you a contract. That same morning, I got my cassette tape recorder and I made a 29 and a half minute long tape. I sent it to the station manager that same morning. Within five days, I was broadcasting exhortations for the church on radio station KWJS. Now, what am I telling you? I'm telling you the way the calling of God was on my life. I was transported into heaven twice. For the next four years, God taught me scriptures as I stayed at my apartment and read the Bible. When God was ready and I was ready, in January 1980, in the night, he spoke to me, I think by an angel, it doesn't matter what method it was, and gave me the exact call letters to the radio station. That certainly got my attention. So I said, are you telling me to go on radio? See, I'm not coming to you saying, I went on radio from coast to coast. I went on radio in these cities. I'm telling you, God gave me three words as I was asleep in the night and put me on radio. And he gave me the exact call letters to the first radio station. Now, what about Hartford, Seattle? Well, by the end of the year, I was broadcasting from Hartford to Seattle. Hartford was uh, a... a radio station technically in New Jersey, but it reached Connecticut, New York City, and all that area, big station, big powerful station. So I was on radio by the end of the year from Hartford to Seattle in the United States, all across the United States, and I started at radio station KWJS. So now does that sound like I'm testifying as to what God did or what I did. I simply followed instructions. Paul simply followed instructions. Those apostles that we read about in Matthew 4 simply followed instructions. Jesus said, follow me, they followed him. These ministers that are coming across my path are saying, I built an orphanage. I and building a school. I am building an old folks home. I am going out to preach the gospel. I am giving Bibles to everyone who comes to my meeting. Send me your money. Now, is that God? Of course not. Of course not. Every time God has told me to do something, there has been ample money to do that work. I didn't have to beg you or anybody else for the money. I don't care what the work was. Every time, there was ample money. If you put yourself in the ministry, you will have a totally different story. And that's what they're doing. I don't give money to these men. I know they're not putting the ministry by God. There's not even any place in the Bible 
that I see where they went around begging people for money for themselves, as ministers do today. This is a total abomination. They speak of their own works. A real minister gives you evidence. When I met with this man this past week, he didn't even give me evidence he was a Christian. He gave me no evidence of that. He came in here and he spoke a terrible thing out of the evil of his own heart after identifying himself as being a Christian. I really wasn't going to say anything to this man, and I ended up saying the strongest things that I have ever remembered saying to one person. Pam witnessed it. Pam Paget, a member of the body of Christ, witnessed it. She was just shocked. She said, that is the most powerful example of a prophet that I have ever seen. Well, I expect it was. It was very, very strong against what this man was doing. While I didn't intend to say anything, I was just going to let him leave, and then I was going to write an email telling of another counterfeit Christian that has come across my path, another Antichrist. See, this is Antichrist working through this man. Antichrist works in the churches. He works through ministers. He works through the congregation. He does these things of his own will, showing himself that he is God. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, that's exactly what Paul said Antichrist is. We'll read that in closing. Verses 3 and 4 of 2 Thessalonians 2. Let no man deceive you by any means. For that day shall not come except there come a falling away first. That day of the Lord Jesus will not return for the church until this falling away happens. And it has already happened. It's apostasy in the churches today. Falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed the son of perdition. perdition. Churches would fall away from Scripture. Then that allowed people to come in with false doctrines, taking over Antichrist through ministers and Antichrist in congregations by following those ministers and speaking their own doctrines, which are counter to the Word of God in the New Testament Bible. So let's read it again. Let no man deceive you by any means, for that day of the Lord will not come, except there come a falling away first, and that man of sin be revealed, the son of perdition, who opposeth and exalteth himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he as God sitteth in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. He comes in, they do their own doctrines, whatever they want to do, contrary to the Bible. The congregation and the ministers are both guilty. They're both Antichrist. And they show themselves as being God over the scriptures. They act as if they are God. They don't hear from God to do something. 
They decide what they want to do. I'll build a school. I'll build an old folks home. I'll build an orphanage. I'll give away Bibles at my meeting. They decide all of these works, but they don't come saying, God told me to do this. You examine the Bible and those apostles, including Paul, told how God called them exactly specifically. I told you specifically how God put me on radio. They don't do that. They just say, I'm going to go on radio. I want to go on radio. Marilyn Hickey said to me back in 1982 or so, Joan... Pray that Michael Ellison approve my going on television. Who is Michael Ellison? It wasn't God that Marilyn wanted me to pray that he approve her going on television. It was Michael Ellison. Well, I can tell you who Michael Ellison was. He was an advertising agent that represented Kenneth Copeland, Marilyn Hickey, Jimmy Swaggart, uh, Bob Tilton, and for a brief time, me. But I wouldn't obey him. They told me, put on my envelope, send me your prayer request. I refused. They said, well, but you get a lot of money that way. Because when they send a prayer request, they usually put some money in the envelope. And I said, no, I don't want to do this. And I didn't do it. Oh, in four months or so, I got a phone call from them And they said, oh, we've decided we have to reduce the number of people we represent. And unfortunately, you are one of the people that we uh, have to let go. Why? I wouldn't obey them. Devil said to Jesus, if you will worship me, I will give you all of this, all the glory of them. It will be yours if only you'll worship me, obey me. And that's what the ad agency does. When I wouldn't do it, then they threw me out. I knew I was headed for big time, and I knew I had lost it all. Lost it all, but to be free and speak what God gave me to speak. So you gain everything by losing all. And in the end, you look back and you thank God you're not one of them. Some of you think, thank God he didn't allow you to marry the man you wanted to marry. I certainly have that also in my life. See, we want things, but we have restraints because of Scripture or because God puts a roadblock in our path. And when we speak that word of God, often they flee from us and we free ourselves from them. Sometimes we have to depart from them and hide ourselves. But often if we just speak what God has given us, they'll leave us. But these things, this you should see clearly. When a man comes telling what he did, rather than telling what God told him. Your antenna should go up, and you should know immediately, this man says he's a minister, but he probably isn't. And you should back off and flee from him. 
if you listen to him a little bit more, he will probably say something that really reveals to you that he is strictly of him, his own self and not of God. I know they often reveal that very quickly to me. The man that came to my house the other day was an exterminator. Uh, some mice have shown up, and he came and he was talking about the mice. Now, this man revealed himself to be a Christian and said he was a minister. And here's what he said to me. You can always hope that the mice will leave your house and go to the house of a neighbor that you hate. I said, but I don't hate any of my neighbors. Now, does that sound like a Christian to you? Well, that's what he said to me. I wasn't going to say anything at all to this man, and I was just going to let him leave, and I would never come across his path again. But that's not what God had happen. He had me confront him, and I told him, I said, you have no business calling yourself a Christian, saying what you said to me. And he said, oh, that was just a joke. I said, no, it wasn't. Out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth speaks. That's an evil inside you, and it came out your mouth. And I further told him, James chapter 1, if a man comes and can't bridle his tongue, his religion is in vain. I told him many more things. This is a serious matter, and it happens constantly. God has given me an open vision that Christians, these Christians that come across our path, or people who say they're Christians, they are like vermin. They come out from the walls underneath the walls and they appear and they come toward us in mass and they carry their diseases which is pollution of the word of God polluted ways that they show us and we who know the Bible recognize it it's a terrible time well the apostle Paul said in second Peter I mean excuse me second Timothy Chapter 3, in the last days, perilous times will come. And these are perilous times. I, over the past week, several people came across my path. Only one person, only one person of all the people that came across my path, everybody identified himself as a Christian except for one person. And he was the only one I could stand to be around the one who didn't identify himself as a Christian. All these others were horrible. They were antichrist. I saw it immediately by their words. They identified themselves so quickly by what they said. You can always hope that the mice go to a neighbor's house, a neighbor that you hate. Stuff like that. These scriptures are written for you on our blog, Jesus Ministries Exhortation. Go to the blog, look at the home page on the right-hand side. You will see podcast. Tap on that. You can bring up this podcast. And on this will be the writing 
all these scriptures written out so you can review what I've said. Again, the name of the blog is Jesus Ministries Exhortations. Thank you for allowing me to speak this message to you today.